0: Well, I want us to think today about uh, what a thankful life looks like. What does it look like to be thankful? The Bible actually tells us to give thanks, and then the Bible tells us to be thankful. One of them has to do with the heart, be thankful. The other has to do with the mouth, give thanks. And uh, we can give thanks without being thankful. God... uh, uh, wants us to be thankful and then give thanks. I don't think we can be thankful without giving thanks. I think there's a sense in which it just has to come out. Uh, Dr. R.G. Lee said one time, <clears throat> he was a pastor of a church in Memphis, Tennessee, Bellevue Baptist Church. And he said, you can give without loving, but you can't love without giving. And I think the same thing is true with the thing about giving thanks. I want to read out of Colossians chapter 3 this morning. And, boy, just the whole book of Colossians, I just almost read the whole book this morning instead of uh, just a small part of it. But I want us to read beginning with verse 12 in chapter 3. Paul says, put on then. Uh, Let's see. I got that. Colossians chapter 3 verse 12 yeah since this is the New Living Translation it's on the screen I'm reading from the ESV there we go man I tell you he's sharp isn't he Just, just switch right over put on then as God's chosen ones holy and beloved put on compassionate hearts kindness humility meekness and patience bearing with one another and if one has a complaint against another forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you so you also must forgive and above all these put on love which binds everything together in perfect harmony and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts to which Indeed, you were called in one body. And be thankful. Be thankful. And let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, In word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Three times in that little short passage, he talks about giving thanks, being thankful, doing everything we do with thankfulness in our heart. When we had our uh, fall festival a few weeks ago, The kids would come by Ann was spinning out where is Ann she's in the nursery and she well she was she was spinning out cotton candy for all the kids and and as the kids would come by the parents would give to them a what do you call a cone of cotton candy and uh, almost every parent would say what do you say what do you say to their kids. And the kids, all of them, they knew the right thing to say. They didn't say, I want some more or something like that. They said, thank you. Thank you. And as I watched that over and over again, and I'm sure they did it at other places too. I just happened to be at the Cotton Candy uh, station most of the time. And uh, this seemed like a good place to hang out. Uh, but uh, I just thought, I wonder how many times God would say to us as he just pours out rich blessings in our life. He would say, yeah, now what do you say? <laughs> what do you say? And we say, thank you, thank you. So thankfulness should characterize every Christian's life. You know, the command to thank God is all throughout the Bible. And then if you a- include with that, the command to praise and worship him, it just, the, the list just is almost endless. But we're told over 130 times in the New Testament to give thanks to God, to thank the Lord, to give, to be thankful. So I want to th- think about what a, a thankful Christian looks like. Well, first of all, he is dressed with the garments of gratitude, Look at what he says. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, put on compassionate hearts. That is hearts that feel what other people feel. There is a difference. We talked last week. Jason mentioned the difference between empathy and sympathy, but compassion is empathetic, not just sympathetic. Compassion that says, I feel with you. And I feel there are so many hurting people Just right here in this room today, you know, if we really knew all the painful issues that are going on in everybody's heart, we'd probably be overwhelmed. Here's the amazing thing is that God does know, and he really does care. But to what degree that we can know one another and hear one another's burdens and requests, we are to not just say, I sympathize with you. But we want to say, I feel with you. I hurt when you hurt. The Bible tells us to weep with those who weep and rejoice with those that rejoice. So put on compassionate hearts and then kindness and humility and meekness and patience. These are the qualities of Jesus. And these are the qualities, when the Apostle Paul says, put on Christ, this is what he's talking about. To put on the attitudes of Jesus. Kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. And then he says, "In bearing with one another. You know what that means? That means putting up with one another. <laughs> Did you know that in the church, we're all... Uh, imperfect, growing Christians. Hopefully, we're all growing. But it means that even in, just like in a family, but in, a, in the church family, there are people who just uh, will irritate you. And nobody probably here in this group is irritating anybody. But given enough time, we will, uh, there will be times that you'll look at somebody or you, you'll interact with somebody and you'll think, good gracious. You know, how do, how do we deal with that? Well, the Bible says you bear with one another. You bear with one another. And, you know, all of us have different personalities, different uh, personality traits, different uh, uh, Frames of reference that we come at life and so because of that there are going to be times that some people will just rub us the wrong way but do you know what I found two or three things here but number one what I found is that when the Bible says as iron sharpens iron so a friend sharpens the countenance of his friend what I've what I've come to understand is that the way iron sharpens iron is by rubbing against it. Have you ever noticed that? And I can remember when I my my father owned a welding shop and I can remember that people would bring their lawnmower blades in for him to sharpen and he had this wheel that would turn and he would put that blade up there. And when it would, just uh, sparks would fly out everywhere. And I have thought over the years, there have been people in my life that just made sparks fly. But in doing so, I found that they were actually sharpening my life and giving me a better edge to understand myself and other people. So, uh, bearing with one another and then forgiving each other. So, when those people that rub you the wrong way actually hurt you, you forgive them. We were talking in Sunday school today about how that the greatest stories, the most meaningful and beloved stories in literature... So many of them have to do with forgiveness. Have you ever noticed that? If you've ever read Les Miserables, the, uh, Victor Hugo's massive book, at the heart of all of it is forgiveness. Forgiveness. The Count of Monte Cristo. Uh, what are some others you can think of where the real focus is on forgiveness? You think of a classic or a... Uh, Give you a literature class. Were you saying something, T Don? Uh, yeah, Pilgrim's Progress. Absolutely, Pilgrim's Progress. And uh, uh, I don't know if you've seen the new movie that's out yet. My wife and I went and saw it. Was it yesterday? Went and saw it. Uh, the wonderful day in the neighborhood. The story of Mr. Roger. A beautiful day in the neighborhood. Is that what the name is? Anyway, I just call it the Mr. Rogers story, and. Uh, how many how many of you have already seen it okay well okay I won't tell you too much more about it but I will just say this has a powerful message about forgiveness and uh, uh, as we watch the movie at the times in the movie where forgiveness was demonstrated you can hear people being visibly and audibly moved by that story. And it's because we live in a world where our greatest need is forgiveness. As sinners our greatest need is forgiveness. And God's greatest gift to us is the forgiveness and grace that he demonstrates through Jesus. And thus the greatest command to every Christian is to love as Christ loved us and to forgive as God has forgiven us so a thankful life is a life that is dressed with the garments of grace and the garments of God's character God's strength and then he says and and above all these put on love that's what binds everything together in perfect harmony it holds all the other pieces in place genuine love and I've said it so many times that some of you haven't memorized but love, real love always asks three questions, you remember what they are number one, what do you need, what do you need that's God's question he asked concerning us, what do you need and what we needed was forgiveness and grace and eternal life. Second, how can I help? How can I help? In the home, husbands, the question we ask concerning our wife is, what do you need? How can I help? Wives, same way. And then the third question is, what do I need to give? What do I give to help and meet the need? And that's the question that God asks. That's love. That's genuine love. My definition for love has always been that love is meeting the needs of another person no matter what it costs without demanding anything back in return. That's what love is. There we go. So, and, and really I should have added those first two words. Love is joyfully. How would you know that, Brad? Said it I've said it before. Okay, all right. All right. I have to be careful because Brad has written down all the things I've said. You know, so Love is joyfully and lavishly giving to meet the needs of another person, no matter what the cost, without demanding anything in return. That's the way God has loved us and does love us. And that's the way we're to love. Love is that which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And then he says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which you are indeed called in one body, and be thankful. Be thankful. Have in our heart this attitude of gratitude. An attitude of gratitude. Being thankful from our heart. And so, what does the thankful heart look like? It says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. That means we are saturated. The thankful person is saturated with Jesus. The word of Christ is not just the written word, but it is the living word of Jesus himself, and to to let him dwell in you richly. So the thankful heart is the heart that is just soaked with Jesus. And by the way, the way you do that is in the written word. And as you read God's written word, there is something, a a, a saturation that takes place in your heart, and it saturates you with Christ himself. So let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. And so the first thing is to be saturated with Jesus. And then next is that we share Jesus then with one another. Teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom. And so we do that in... Sunday school, we do that in words of encouragement. We do that from the pulpit. We do that in every way we can to teach and encourage, admonish one another in all wisdom. And then we do it corporately and personally as we sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. So we are saturated with Jesus. We share Jesus with one another. And then we sing Jesus together one another you know that there was a time in church history where Christians didn't sing they didn't sing for really about a thousand years from about 300 to 1300 from really 400 to about 1400 1500 Christians didn't sing and thankfully the German, Martin Luther, as he asked a lot of questions about why the church was the way it was, and he led what came to be called the Reformation of the church, one of the things that came out of that was a singing congregation where the people began to sing again. And Christians would rejoice over what God had done for them in their heart and lives, and they would put it to music, and they would put it to poetry, and they would sing, A Mighty Fortress is Our God, and so many other songs that grew out of the Reformation. And Christians from 1517 following have been known as singing people. Singing people, I was reading the book of Revelation yesterday, just uh, went read the whole book. I love to read the book of Revelation. Uh, there are a lot about it that I don't fully understand, but the Bible doesn't say blessed is the man who understands this book. It says blessed is the man who reads this book, and I love to read it, and as I was reading it, I came near the end, and it talked about how the, they were all singing praises to God and do you know that when we sing together as a congregation we're having just a little microcosm of heaven right here on earth that's why everybody ought to sing amen yeah everybody ought to sing and uh, even if you don't sing well well sing Okay? Just sing. And uh, you will be blessed. And the thing about others will be blessed as you sing. And God himself is blessed by our singing. So singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. And how do you do that? With thankfulness in your hearts to God. So we're singing to one another but we're also singing to God and we're singing with thankfulness in our heart so the thankful heart the thankful life is saturated in Jesus sharing with other people singing unto the Lord and singing together and privately personally I hope you love to sing just when you're by yourself I'll one of my wonderful memories of my childhood is my mother singing. She'd just be singing while she was washing dishes. She'd be singing as she was just going about the house. She loved to play the guitar, and, and she would sing songs to us boys. And uh, not all of them were Christian songs. Some of them were just country songs. A lot of them were about train wrecks. I, I don't know why. I don't know why she sang so much about train wrecks. There were at least a half a dozen train wreck songs she sang. I I was scared to ever get on a train after that. <clears throat> but uh, but but I just loved her singing. And many times it was hymns that she would be singing, hymns, and spiritual songs, and country songs, <laughs> with thankfulness in her heart. And then finally, the thankful heart not only is saturated with Jesus, shares Jesus and sings to Jesus, but he serves Jesus in every way. And whatever you do, whatever you do, that's pretty inclusive, isn't it? Whatever you do, in word or in deed, anything you say, anything you do, whatever you do, Do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So, I would just uh, urge you today to be thankful. Look at all the good things that God has given to you. And I know some people say, well, but I've had some hard things happen to me. Okay. The Bible says to give thanks in everything, in everything. Because God is working in everything for his glory and for our good. We don't have to see it. We don't have to understand it. But we just know it. We know that God is taking the painful things and the joyful things. And he's working those in our life to shape us and form us into the likeness of Jesus. So we give thanks in everything for this is the will of God concerning you. So as we close this morning, I'd just like to ask you to have a thankful heart. Uh, be humbly grateful. Not grumbly hateful. But humbly grateful. Giving thanks. Saturating yourself in Jesus through the word of God letting the word of Christ dwell richly in your heart and then sharing Jesus speaking to one another and thanking one another and then singing Jesus singing and then serving whatever you do in word or deed do it all with thanksgiving in your heart. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you today for the simplicity of your word. I thank you that it is clear for us to understand. And when people say to me, I just don't read the Bible because I don't understand it, I just don't think they've read passages like this because this is so clear. And I pray that you will help us to practice it in our daily lives. Help us to practice it as a church family and as in our own family and in our own lives. To let your truth and the word of Jesus just fill our hearts and lives. And then help us to speak to one another. To encourage one another. To comfort one another. And then to sing to sing praises, to sing hymns and psalms and spiritual songs, and then to serve whatever we do in word or deed to do it all. In the name of the Lord Jesus, with thankfulness in our heart. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.